Hey, welcome to the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Donnelly. And Ryan, I'm struck this week as we as we sit down to record um, about how little of the sport there is to talk about right now, <laughs> about how this college football podcast about all of college football can really only talk about like four or five games here. Um, and it is because uh, these games... It's not our fault. Yeah, you yeah, can't it, say it's because of us. No, it is because <laughs> these games that we could be talking about are uh, bad. It's because they're bad. I have I have continued to try to watch the things that are being put out as postseason games. And folks, I just can't. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. These are normally games. These are for people who watch maybe one Sunbelt game a year. I just can't do it. It's 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 like watching a, it's like watching a you know it's like watching a ghost. It's like, these are not the teams that I have seen. This is not my beautiful team. <laughs> this is not my yeah. beautiful quarterback. It's just it's uh it's bad. This is the point you made. The point you made on our message boards, which you can find if you're listening to this at meetatmidfield.com, the internet's best college football website. Uh, you made you made the point that basically a lot of the teams that were watching play i've seen enough of these right yeah. like like i don't need to see any more maryland or nc state no. there's there's no more of like ohio that i need to watch you yeah. know like it's especially I, I've, I've seen I mean, qu- like ohio <laughs> without curtis rourke man i didn't ever really need to see that i was good just not <laughs> right right yeah uh yeah it's just it, there, it's it's a little bit of a futile exercise right i understand people love i'm not, like i've been getting in arguments all week about this on, on the internet which i never do it's it's very bizarre no. for me yeah um but people are saying like, Oh, if you, if you hate the bowl games and you don't want the rest of us to enjoy more football and that's not true to clarify, I want to watch football games. I just think that like, once we finish the regular season and we know who has won conference titles and you know, who is going to play for the playoff, basically that's what the sport's about, right? People can like say it's, it's meaningful to go to some, you know, citrus bowl or whatever, but like, in any sport, the point of playing is to win championships. Yeah. And that's to find different levels for different teams, but to win co- division championships, conference championships, and national championships is why you play the sport. Yeah. And for as long, unless we're ta- doing that, unless that's at stake, I-, I don't really care about the exhibitions afterwards. Like, I, they don't mean anything to me. I don't, I don't take anything away from them. I don't learn, like, you know, what a team missing its three best players to declare for the NFL draft and, and three of its 10 assistant coaches left for other schools. Like, yeah. what am I learning about that program and that team when I watch them? Nothing. There's nothing to take away. Yeah, and, and it's just, and that is not to say that these games, and we've talked about this before, and we're not going to do it for long, but I've just, I've been thinking about this, and I've also been thinking about the, the playoff being sort of like a dead fish right now. Um, but it's not like these games don't matter to the players. Obviously they do. Obviously these games matter to these teams, but it's not like widespread enough that it would make for them to, you know, translate to meaningful games to watch because it's not like these teams are intact. They're not. And also every game matters to these guys. That doesn't mean that every game is important. It doesn't mean that every game is worth watching. I'm not going to watch fucking four and seven Rutgers play four and seven Maryland or whatever. I, I just, I just don't care. I didn't care in the regular season. I'm not going to care now. These teams are still bad. Like that's, it, that's sort of the thing that, come, that it comes back to for me is like, I didn't like watching UCF play when it was a, a real football game. I don't really care to do it again. I don't really care to see it against Duke. You know, I didn't really like watching Oklahoma State or Wisconsin play this year. I sure as hell didn't like watching, you know, North Carolina do its shit. Like, I, I get it. I get it with a lot of these teams. And I, I think that that is kind of what it comes down to is, 
if this is your first time watching these teams, the bowl games can be a good opportunity to do so because there's not a whole lot of games going on. You can sit down and actually watch like Coastal Carolina play a game. But I'm going to tell you right now, Coastal Carolina is not 53 to 29 worse than fucking East Carolina. It's not. It's a. It's a. It's a pale. Compa- it, it pales in comparison to what they actually are. This is not a representation of these teams. If that's fine with you, it's like okay. But it seems like you're not really watching college football. It seems like you're kind of just watching your team. If that's like a thing that you're into, these are not representative yeah. of these teams at all. They're JV squads. And also, like, I mean, let's be honest, like, I think a reason a lot of people love these games is because they don't want to talk to their family at the holidays. Which is fine. I get it. Uh, some, <laughs> like, some, like, like, you you, you like bowl games because you don't want to, like, deal with your uncle who's staying at your house for the fourth day in a row or something. Or, like, yeah. because, like, your boss made you come into work and you have to, like, find a way to distract yourself to kill eight hours. Yeah, like, like, that's why these games are popular. Let, let's just be honest about that. Yeah, like, personally, I uh, like my family, and so I don't really have any issues yeah, no, with that. Yeah, no, me too. But what, what yeah. you guys have going on is... Uh, also cool, I guess. <laughs> I think like I, I, I don't. I'm not going to belabor this point again because we have too much to do and too little time to do it in. But yeah, you know, I, I just want to read. And I'll, maybe I'll maybe we'll do another podcast again this offseason because I kind of refined the idea further. But if we move the bowl games to the opening weekend of the college football season, it'd be better for everybody. Yeah, it'd be better attended, more meaningful. They'd actually have something in the line. All the players would play. All the coaches would coach. Everyone make more money. It'd be good for everybody involved if we and we just and we skipped also the ridiculous like layoff in between uh, conference title games and playoff games. Yeah, because that, that also, the reason they feel like a dead fish also is because there's a fucking month you have to wait in between like games that matter. We're gonna talk about that, but I, I think that that is part of it. I think it's also probably part of it that half of the matchups uh, lost <laughs> in the last time we saw them. One of them like very badly to another team that's in the playoff. Like it's. It is kind of hard to get excited about that when the last thing yeah. that we saw of Ohio State or TCU was it losing, but we'll we'll get to that. They definitely the the time frame is the time frame is bad. The time frame for pretty much everything in this sport right now is bad, um, and it just like it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's well designed to create excitement. It doesn't feel like it's well designed to create sort of conversation or hype, and and all of the the discourse around the playoff feels very forced at this point like i i don't know if you saw i think just this morning at his press conference jim harbaugh was saying that there's nothing left to say i've said everything that there is to say about this game it's like yeah because they do like seven fucking press conferences before these games yeah. at some they're point, doing like, the battle of the bowl week dude they're doing yeah. like they're, they're having the kids play like laser tag to see yeah. who's gonna have the edge before they go into play. it's so ridiculous <laughs> it's like stupid. this is the traditions people are defending like yeah. we have to have this as part of college football like god we need the bowl games yeah. Shut up. Yeah, we need the kids to go play fucking Family Feud ahead of their playoff game. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> it would have been cool if they brought in actually Steve Harvey. Like, if you yeah. actually have Steve Harvey doing it, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm in. I'm yeah. interested. <laughs> <laughs> they did what to the Buckeye? <laughs> <laughs> did you see the uh, the Fiesta Bowl trophy cost that was going around this week? No, I saw the big ass trophy, but I did not see how much it cost. Oh, let me, I'll pull it up here. Uh, Ramsey Nasrallah, well, more just tweeting about it. He found the article. Let me, uh, let me pull it up really quick. Yeah. Uh, it was the Fiesta Bowl trophy, according to uh, Emily Amen of uh, Big Ten Network. Okay. It costs two and a half million dollars per trophy <laughs> uh, and weighs 285 pounds. They're spending $2.5 million on a trophy. Yeah. Be- the- for what? That can't be right. How could you possibly even do that? How could you? D- <laughs> How could a trophy cost that much? 
college. This so, is like so. What is? I don't know. Oh you're, my th- God. Like if you're if you're a fan of college football who thinks like the core tradition we have to protect is bowl games, you're like the guy at the fall of Rome who's watching whoever fucking Nero play his violin or whatever. And I'm I'm definitely butchering this historical reference, but uh-huh. uh, sorry for all the Michigan fans who are going to correct me in 30 <laughs> seconds. But uh, <laughs> you're watching Nero or Caligula over the fuck play his violin as Rome is burning. You're like, well, we got to protect like the child pedophile rings. That's that's yeah. what we need to save. That's the tradition of Rome. The Fiesta want to clarify <laughs> this analogy is a child pedophile ring okay uh all right that was good that's that was a good one yeah. i thought you i thought you did a pretty good job on that um, i think i really landed the plane on that one i meant my best also i should i should acknowledge i have a pretty severe sinus infection so i'll be i'll be frequently trying to avoid coughing as i'm speaking on this and, yeah. and hopefully uh hopefully you guys don't get too annoyed about that yeah and that's actually why you uh that's why you lost your your bowl game is because you had the flu um and it was no other yeah. reason it was why you lost and it's it's not really even fair to talk about that game or any other games that you've ever lost because you did have right you did have a you had the sniffles um yeah there uh, was something else going on yeah. yeah so we uh before we we jump in here we are going to talk about a couple of these fucking dog shit bowl games we're going to talk about the, <laughs> we're going to talk about the new year's six games briefly um before we get to the playoff stuff this is the playoff episode but before we do that uh, meet at midfield.com is the message board to which you to which you referred earlier um, or where yeah. the message board is it's also a website we got posts we got premium podcasts we're going to record a premium podcast uh, at some point this week it's, it will be exciting to see when we record the premium podcast but we're going to do something a little mm. bit different on that one but yeah. we got the premium podcast and the good part about this time of year is the schedule is so regular for us too that's yeah. what's awesome about it yeah I, spe- I mean I was uh, yeah it's it's it, I was not in a completely different state for three days earlier this week unable to record or really even kind of thinking about recording um it's fine everything is going well and the schedule is good and we're we're all we're all uh, getting through but we're going to do some sort of uh something different on the premium show this week it sounds like i don't know what we're doing but i do know what we're going to do um mm-hmm. so if you're interested in that <clears throat> if you're interested in the message board if you're interested in the premium posts also premium podcasts for other shows um including our shows covering uh, both of these playoff teams uh, ohio state and michigan uh, you should go to midfield.com and you can you can use there's some sort of code correct there's a there's a code you can use you can you know, yeah there's the a code door. if you're signing up for meet at midfield now use the code holidays before the end of the year you're going to get 50 percent off your first uh semi-annual or annual membership yeah so first year six months 50 percent off it's a great deal that that brings the cost of a year down to like 50 bucks basically yeah um you know, you're paying less than five bucks a month to have us in your life for a full year it's an amazing deal yeah um and and you know the good part is too is um, we will harass you for that entire year as well. We, you know, uh, personally, sexually, yeah. uh, virtually, uh, physically, um, a lot of ways. Yeah, in a lot of ways. That's that's something that I've always been <laughs> saying about this show, and really the the baseline <laughs> ideology of the website. And folks, your for just for for just fifty dollars a year, roughly, you can help Ryan and I uh, cohabitate. We can finally become podcast co-hosts who live together, which is a thing that it's a it's a rich tradition <laughs> in college football media, and we can finally do that. And so it's just just for fifty dollars a year, you can support two two you know podcast hosts in need of uh, moving in together and not telling anybody about it. Uh, we could do that. And it, it's only with your support. 
<laughs> oh boy. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of living together, homefieldapparel.com. We all live in one big house and we all sleep in one big bed. We've got the same pajamas on. We've got our feet sticking out at the end. We've got the little hat with the poof ball and we're all blowing it up in the air as we snore. Uh, meet at midfield and homefieldapparel.com. We all live together. Uh, homefieldapparel.com is, of course, the place where you can get the hats where you can blow on them and they go up in the air. But you can also get premium vintage collegiate apparel. You can get shirts. You can get sweatshirts. They've got some pants, I've heard. I've been told there are pants. Um, you can just click around over there. That's the fun thing about Home Field Apparel. Sometimes I go on there and I just kind of click around. I'll just, you know, I'll load up five or ten or fifteen tabs for different schools that I'm interested in. And I'll just kind of look at the shirts and it's it's good to do. Oh, just hooting and hollering. Yeah, it's it's That's it's right. healthy for me. It's good to just sort of look at the old logos for a while. It's kind of like remembering guys. Um, and if you use code, uh, is it meet at midfield? Is that the code? It's, it's been a minute since I've done the code. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the code is meet at midfield. That's right. That's 100% right. That'll get you 15% off your first purchase over there at homefieldapparel.com. Um, it is a good time to buy shirts. I don't know why, but it is, you're going to want to invest in shirts right now. That's my advice going into 2023 is that we're buying low on shirts. You're going to need those more than anything else. You're going to want to invest in shirts. Um, they are at least real and tangible, and they're a thing that exists and isn't just made up. Uh, and homefieldapparel.com has lots of them. So go over to homefieldapparel.com and use the code MEETATMIDFIELD for 15% off your first purchase of a shirt, of a sweatshirt, of any 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 goddamn thing you can put on your body. They got it. Um, all right, Ryan, where do you want to start here with uh, with these, these New Year's Six games? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll start with, I don't know, the fucking Probably Tennessee uh, Clemson, Cotton Bowl. Right? Well, uh, yeah, I guess Tennessee Clemson's up first. Yeah, yeah, let's do that one. So that's tonight as we record this. Tennessee Clemson <laughs> is is uh, happening momentarily, I think, probably as I get this up. I'm going to get it up as soon as I can. But um... Yeah, it happens uh, It comes up at 6 p.m. Uh, uh, 8 p.m., 6 p.m.? No way to know. Hard to say. Uh, so both of these teams are operating without their, their starting quarterback <laughs> that they had for the majority of the season. Of course, for Clemson, that's not going to be... 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern, sorry. All right, one of those. Um, of course, for Clemson, that's not going to be a huge problem because it seems like Cade Klubnik is probably better than DJ Uyunglele, which does not take much. Um, and then Tennessee has been, uh, obviously, without Hendon Hooker for a little bit now. It's It'll be Joe Milton here. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of interested to see Tennessee's offense against Clemson's defense, but like Clemson's defense is pretty much just that they have four really good defensive linemen, right? It's not... It's not like they're doing anything really strategically interesting, and I don't think that that offense is especially impressive, but Tennessee's defense is not really anything either. It feels like kind of strength against strength, but like not that good of a strength <laughs> against not that good of a strength, and then weakness against weakness here for the, the offense versus defense matchups. It's just these both of these teams seems like they're kind of ready to be done for the year, right? Yeah, I, I mean, especially Tennessee, which is all the injuries they've had piled up, right? I think like Clemson at least has like the idea to look forward to, uh, I, I mean, look forward to Kate Klubnick premiering, right? Not premiering, but but like you know, really kind of getting his first major game. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's at least an exciting well, outs- debut outside for of the outside of the conference championship game. Yes, sure, fair enough. But I mean, yeah, he okay. started. All right. <laughs> he, I don't think he started that game if memory serves. He didn't start that game, right? Yeah, yeah it's his first ever start. If this I recall correctly, first, I think this is his first start. It, it, Yes, he played pretty much all of the conference championship game, but technically speaking, it's his first start. It's a continuation yeah. of what he did already to begin the postseason. Yeah, it's it's fine. The narrative there is fine. 
Yeah, sure. He gets they basically to see him start and play a full game, which is at least somewhat exciting. Yeah. Um, the rest of the game outside of that, I don't know. Like maybe I guess Tennessee gets to find out what it has after Hendon Hooker if they don't go land a big transfer quarterback, which they haven't done yet. It seems like they're going to let Joe Milton play next year, maybe. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty funny, I guess. That's going to be <laughs> that'll be funny to watch. Yeah. I don't know if you if you loved Anthony Richardson version one, wait do you see version two? Yeah. Uh, is what you're going to get out of watching Joe Milton play, but um. No, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it, there's, I don't have anything to care about this game. No, it's Clemson's an annoying program to watch. Tennessee was fun and they got hurt. Uh, no, I, I, there's probably a little chance I'll watch this game. Yeah, I think that there's at least a decent chance that there could be a lot of throws down the field in this game. That would be like the big entertaining point that I could think of is if you're into that kind of thing, there's probably going to be a lot of it. Um, cause that's pretty much all that Cade does. And that's certainly all that Joe Milton does, but it does. I mean, this game has had a lot of the luster taken off of it. And also I just don't really like this matchup, which is another, another thing that I have, you know, bumped up against this, this bowl season is that there's no, there's no logic to any of these matchups. They're all just based on fucking conference tie-ins. And so you get a bunch of shit that doesn't make any sense. You get a bunch of shit that just doesn't really fit that matchups that, that just aren't good. Um, you know, teams that are either very similar or way too different, or, you know, one team's really good and the other one isn't, you get matchups where there's no real geographical ties. And that's not as true here, but this is definitely one of those games where it's like, I don't know. I feel like it would have been a lot better to put these teams against somebody else. I, I just like, just in general, I, I just, I just don't much care for this matchup. I don't think there's a whole lot interesting here. And part of it is that these teams are decimated, but, but part of it is, is just that like Tennessee has already kind of fallen off a cliff here at the end of the season because of injuries and Clemson was always bad. So it's just, this is not, it's not especially compelling to me. I'm not very interested in these teams at this point in the season. That's sort of where we come back to on a lot of these. Um, Alabama and Kansas State is up next. Could not tell you what the name of this game is. Maybe the Citrus Bowl? Hard to say. It will be interesting to see hmm. which which one of the games that this is. Um, Sugar Bowl. Sugar, Sugar Bowl. Bowl, sure. Still doing that. It's on uh, New Year's Eve at noon Eastern. Um Kansas State, of course, coming in after beating TCU in the Big 12 championship game. Alabama coming in after shooting its diaper all season. Um, Ryan, what are we feeling here? Because I'm I'm kind of interested, I guess, in watching Kansas State run the ball on Alabama because I think they will be able to do so, and that will be interesting. But I, you know, that's 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 kind of the main thing that comes to mind here is just spite for me. It's just seeing if Alabama loses. Yeah, I mean, I guess the fact that none of their players are opting out means they're probably not going to, right? Yeah, probably. Like not. the fact they have they <laughs> they have the whole roster playing. Uh, it, it seems like this is probably just like a pissed off Nick Saban team that that you know it was pretty frustrated how the season went and wants to just take it out on somebody. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these games go different ways for Alabama, right? It's like when they're, when they're not in the playoff or, or not in the title game in the past, right? The BCS title game, it's gone either they completely don't give a shit and all the players are checked out. Or two, like they're mad about how they played that season, mad at yeah. themselves, and they take it out on some poor and suspecting team. Yeah, and I think it might be a, the more of the latter than the former. Yeah, which doesn't bode very well for Kansas State, in my opinion. Yeah, what the 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 immediate game that comes to mind for me would be the game that they played against Michigan a couple years ago. I think the 2019 season. Yeah, um, where and I, they did not have they didn't have Tua for that game or anything. I think that they were kind of on to the next year's team for for offensive starters, but they still 
really kind of took it to him if memory serves, and I, I think that that could be the case here. I am interested legitimately to see Kansas State's offense again. Kansas State is one of the few teams that I'm not sort of sick of at this point in the season. I think that they do interesting stuff offensively, and I'm excited to watch them against an Alabama defense that I just don't really like. There's just not much here that I like on the Alabama defense uh, at the end of the season here. They've got, they've got talented players, but they don't, really, they don't really play as a defense. It's more just... 11 guys playing one-on-one um right and and so i'm interested to see what kansas state can do to that because there is so much misdirection within this offense there is so much motion and and shit that alabama's gonna have to deal with um but i i ultimately i don't know that kansas state's gonna be able to keep up i don't know that the defense is gonna be able to keep up or stop bryce young consistently enough that it can get off the field um alabama has one offensive player but he's a, he's pretty good he's pretty good at what he does he's a pretty good offensive player um and so i just i don't know that kansas state has the the firepower to to match that i think alabama probably will just do to it what it does to like you know i'm trying to think of a team that didn't actually beat it this year um like ole miss what it usually does to like ole miss or arkansas or teams of that of that ilk not that kansas state is on that level they're better than that but just you know kind of just sit on them you know a seven point lead becomes 10 becomes 17 and then ends at like 24 and it looks like a blowout but it isn't um sure like what they did to cincinnati last year i I think that that's probably a similar result it could also you might also get like the will anderson draft stock game or like the fact that he oh he loves to do that he loves to do that in these games he loves to do it when everyone's watching yeah yeah, I mean that's that's the likely soccer to me is like like Anderson remembers like oh I didn't really play that well this season like maybe I should just go get four sacks against Kansas State uh, I I think yeah. I can see that coming pretty easily yeah I need to run um, up the, I need to run up the score real quick so that everybody thinks I played well <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that's that seems like an easy easy one for me but yeah I don't know I'm curious to watch I, I think Bama's probably gonna roll pretty comfortably. Um, I, I don't think I'll watch this one, but you, I probably will not watch this one. I'd say it's almost like, it's almost a guarantee. I won't, I, I, although I guess what it's on early in the day. Eh, yeah. Okay. It's on at noon uh, on new year's Eve. I guess I'll just be like hanging out, waiting for things to happen that night. I'll probably be yeah. hung over a little bit from, from this evening. So, Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Against, Maybe I will watch it. We'll against see. all odds, I'm going to be covering a Mountain West men's basketball game at noon tomorrow. So we're all looking forward wow. to that. We're all very excited about the noon tip off. Is Utah State still undefeated? Uh, no, they have lost. They have lost two times, but they're probably still going to be really good in Mountain West play. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. sticking with the New Year's Six games, we're going to jump over the playoff here briefly because I don't think that we would have another preview just for Tulane USC and Penn State Utah. Uh, so we're going to talk Tulane U- Tulane USC here first in the Cotton Bowl. Um, this is the, 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 you know, every year, the, the G5 against P5 game, uh, New Year's six game. We have talked <clears throat> at length this season about the, the G5 not sending its best to this game. I still believe that to be true. I don't think that Tulane is the best G5 team. And if I'm being honest, I don't think that they're going to be especially competitive here because I just, I just don't think they're that good. I, I, I get that they won the AAC. It's a fun story. I'm very happy for Tulane. I've said this. I've said my piece on Tulane and and how how nice it is to see them to see them have this season, but they are not they're not good is the thing. They're not good. <laughs> they're still not good. They're just they just won a bad league. They won a bad AAC. They were the team that survived. They have good players. I think Ty J Spears is a good player. I think that you know Michael Pratt has had his moments of being good, but. Do I think they can keep up with a with a USC team that is even at at like seventy percent capacity? No, I don't. I I don't. 
they couldn't keep up with UCF in the regular season. They're not. That's a bad team. They lost to a bad. Te- they lost to a bad UCF team in the regular season. I know they got them back. They lost to Southern Miss. I just, I've not seen anything here that makes me think that they could win this game. Yeah, uh, I mean, correct. And, and like, and you guys know what this. You know, you know what this means coming from me because I want nothing more than for Tulane to go win this game. I think UTSA would have been competitive here. I think that Troy would have been competitive right. here. I don't think Tulane's going to be competitive here because they came from a bad league. Like, I just watched an AAC team play in live in person watching Memphis. Those guys fucking stink. They don't know how to play football. They're just good athletes. That's it. That's what the whole conference is. Tulane is the only one that has even kind of, save for Cincinnati, that has even kind of decent coaching, and they won the league for it. But I don't know that that means that you can keep up with guys like, uh, is Jordan Addison playing? Impossible to know if Jordan uh, Addison I, I playing. Think, I think, I was just looking up the opt-outs right now before I started talking about it. I do believe <laughs> that he is currently projected to play. Uh, it seems, oh no, sorry. Uh, Jordan Addison's not playing, and Andrew Voorhees, who, who is no, is not playing. <laughs> not Andrew Voorhees. <laughs> there's also there's also one uh, guy who's already hit the transfer portal. So basically, they have two okay. guys who matter on the team who are not playing. Um, All right. So that's uh, well, I guess Mario Williams. They can't keep. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. Yeah, they're they, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are sitting down to watch Mario Williams. Come on, no, this dude. Is... Whatever. I mean, they're they're not going to believe what it's going to look like whenever uh, Brendan Rice gets open downfield. Yeah. <laughs> when y'all motherfuckers see Taj Washington doing his thing, yeah, uh, it's going to change your opinion of this USC team. I'll tell you that. This is like if they. Um, this is like if they were allowed to do, which is something that people have talked about before. If they were allowed to do spring games against other programs against other teams this is what it would be like this is what a spring game against another team would yeah look like. it's like it yeah. almost is like it is just exactly that actually yeah it seems like it, it is it almost... pretty much just that they should just let your early enrollees play in this game they're already letting them fucking practice at every school in america which is crazy i don't know when they started doing that when it's just like oh yeah your new five star he can practice with the team it's this the year it's practice. this year yeah okay like just let them play just do the fucking spring game here this is oh you get to see your expired your exciting you know red shirt freshman wide receiver you get to see what the new defense is going to look like like just let them do that i don't give a shit it's not my problem it's already what this is it's fan service it's for these teams fans to see what they have next year it's not a reward for these teams these these teams are gone the teams that we saw the 2022 usc trojans is is, is no more they're gone they don't exist anymore this is a different team <laughs> dust, dust to dust ashes to ashes etc <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this ain't this ain't your older brother's usc football this is <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your past selves, uh, USC football, bro. Yeah. This is the USC football of today. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, the whole thing to me is just who gives a fuck. I, I, I'm sorry. Like wh- what memory do I have with the cotton bowl? Like, like wh- what, like strong emotional bowl I supposed to have to this? Like, why do I have to care about Tulane playing USC? Both these teams are annoying. Yeah. I don't like USC. I don't, I definitely don't like Tulane. Like when did that happen? You like Tulane a lot this season. I don't know. I'm just pulling things out of my ass to make a point. All right. Uh, <laughs> But also, I guess that it is a little uncomfortable <laughs> here. The line is only USC minus two. Yeah. That seems like kind of suspicious, yeah, it right? It seems like USC doesn't have a lot of players or something. Um, I guess. I I think that people are kind of still just assuming that the AAC champion is good, which it is. Right, it's, right. it's, 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 it's based on a premise that is not 
real. It's not good. It's not a good league. Coming out of it is not impressive. Um, I don't know. It would be cool. I would like it if Tulane would go and win this game. I liked it a couple years ago when UCF went and beat uh, Auburn, I guess. Um, that was good. I like uh-huh. I like when the G5 team wins these games. I like the G5, but I don't really want to watch USC. I didn't really want to watch USC earlier in the season. They're not very good good or fun to watch. They don't play an entertaining brand of football. I'm sort of sick of Lincoln Riley's whole deal. Um, I get it. I get it with these guys. I get it. I get the Caleb Williams thing. It makes sense to me. I understand it. I'm ready to not need to do it anymore. I'm ready to not really watch this kid anymore. I, I kind of have seen enough from him. And Tulane, I just don't know what else there is to do. They already won their conference. That's the most important thing you can do in these leagues. Win your conference. That's the thing that matters. And then you get to go play fucking USC with several players not playing because they know that the game doesn't have any meaning. Like It's just... It feels like it's 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 very anticlimactic. It's like, okay, cool, you won your conference, you beat the teams that you are regionally connected to, that you would have any reason to care about. Now you get to play USC in fucking the the Jerry Dome. Okay, is it, 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 it okay? Cool. Well, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Why? Yeah. Why do I have to do this? <sighs> uh. <sighs> Far be it for me to explain. I, I don't know. I, I just don't get why we all had to agree this was something that mattered. It just seems like, it, dude, it just sucks. It really, there's no good thing about it. It's just shitty. It's just an annoying thing we have to do that's just wasting time for the playoff. That's the whole thing. Yeah, I I don't know why inherently it is a reward to play in these games. It, it, why? Why is it like, oh, great, I get to go play USC. I get to go play a USC team that's very obviously not invested in this game. I feel like that would be insulting, right? You won your conference, now you get to go play some team that's fucked off. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Cool. It's I, like- I get the, the reward in the sport, the reward in all of these sports are titles. It's yeah. not It's not like a little vacation to Dallas for a weekend. That's uh, that's not a reward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, I, I guess they could just do that, but like most of these cities are bad to go to. That's the thing. Like, it's not even like, oh, cool. I get to go to the fucking... And it's not even that. I don't even care about that. That That's true. That is 100% yeah. true and you're right. But it's not even like, that's not even my complaint, I guess. The whole thing is just like, it, the sport, all sports are, except this one, are built, and, and just specifically this one, not even other college sports are built around playing for titles, right? Like everything yeah. and every and other sport to. is around playing for a title. They won and they one. And they had a chance to do it and they won one. Yeah. And then why does That's there have awesome. to be something else afterwards? Yeah. Why, like, can't, like, why can't that be the send off? <laughs> that seems like a much better send off than anything that you could possibly produce at the next, you know, the the, the next frame. I, I It's just, it, it just doesn't make sense. Why do you need to take a fucking month off and then go play again? You already won your conference. That's the thing that you set out to do. That is objectively the goal of the season for a G5 team. They know they're not going to go to the playoff as it's currently constructed. Right. <laughs> like, Cincinnati took a, an unbelievable confluence of events that would never happen again because the four-team playoff is ending. But it, it, you won your conference. That's the thing. That's the goal. That's the thing you can send your seniors out on. That's a great win. It's a great program-changing thing. It's awesome, Why can't yeah. it just be? Why can't that just be? It's it. It's fine. <laughs> I don't need to see them play USC. I want Tulane to end on a high note. I don't want them to lose to fucking half-ready USC because they're not as talented. I don't need to see that. I'm good. I, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get more Caleb. Like we're gonna see Caleb Williams paint his nails like fuck Tulane for some reason too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, fitting like two or three letters onto each nail so that you can get them on there. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb, your kerning is fucked. <laughs> I think that'd be cool if he did that, actually. Actually, I'm kind of into this. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, if he was the uh, only guy in the game taking it seriously. He's just, he's just furious. I hate Tulane. <laughs> he's, he's doing something about how they didn't offer him in high school. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tulane didn't want me. I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah, that yeah, would be that'd awesome. be really funny. He's definitely one of those guys. He is one of the prove them wrong guys. Like, it's, oh, of course, number the, one quarterback in the country. But yeah, prove them wrong guy. Yeah. Every every Lincoln Riley quarterback is like that. He yeah. only recruits guys like that. Yeah, they love the it. Baker May- Baker Mayfield started it, but then you had like Jalen Hurts who got you know got benched at Bama. Yeah. Kyler Murray's like you know I'm five nine. They thought I should play baseball. Yeah, like by the way, that one is so funny. Like, oh, they thought I was too good at baseball to play quarterback. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Dude, yeah, Caleb Williams' version was like they thought I was too small, and then he got bigger. Like that's, <laughs> that's that I don't even like know what Caleb's was because they, they, like, they thought I was too young because I, I I reclassified. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's I, it's just like I, I had to watch the end of the Heisman speech because I was waiting for the boxing that was coming up. <laughs> they next. thought I threw too many picks. Yeah, they, <laughs> they they called me crazy when I left the team that my coach was coaching to go to the other team that he was coaching. <laughs> they said it would never work to be in the exact same <laughs> offense in a different place. They th- they thought I couldn't do it as the number one quarterback in my class. They said he's never gonna he's ne- he'll never start he'll never. They succeed. said no quarterbacks ever made it in California before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to prove them wrong. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! What a cool guy! Yeah. What a cool program they've got going on. Just manufacturing propaganda. That's the number one function of USC football is to just manufacture propaganda. Um, Last one here, Penn State, Utah. No, I'm not going to talk about this shit. This sucks. I have no interest in this. Fuck both of these teams. I'm good. No, I'm done with it. Uh, I, I'm not doing it. Um. All right. Well, I guess I'll I'll do the preview here. Yeah. Uh, They're not Utah even playing it on is... New Year's Day. They're playing it on the fucking second. This is a this sucks. <laughs> this is not a yeah. Rose Bowl. Get this shit out of here. No. So Utah uh, went ten and three this season. Yep. Um, they uh, Penn State went ten and two. Same number of wins. One more loss for Utah. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to be the quarter- difference here. <laughs> Utah's quarterback is named Cameron Rising. Uh, ben State's is named Jonathan Clifford. Yep. Um, any thoughts there? Any? Th- <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, you got to think that that Penn State having one fewer loss is going to work big time in its advantage here, and that's uh, it's my this is my my cold money hard lock of the week of the century um, is that Penn State and Utah are going to be playing in the Rose Bowl. You can book it. You can you know what you can you can bet your house that these two teams are going to be playing in the Rose Bowl. Um, no, I'm also. Good. By the way, uh, just speaking of cold money, hard hard lock of the week of the year of the century. Yeah, we did, Patrick. We we did recently discover that one of our <laughs> one of our colleagues, one of our competitors, we we just ran the numbers in his gambling picks. Yeah, and it's not that we're not. Just to clarify, you're gonna think we're talking about Fornelli. We're not talking about Fornelli. It's no. someone different who we're not gonna name. Yeah, it's somebody uh, who people <laughs> think actually knows what he's talking about, which is unfortunate. <laughs> And I believe the number he went over the last, it's it's 2020 to present. Yeah. He has gone 162 and 202 <laughs> on his picks. Um, <laughs> it's like not even believe, close to 500. <laughs> I believe next year what we're going to do is just on our preview podcast, we're going to have our special picks of the week segment. Yeah. And we're exclusively going to pick the opposite of everything this guy picks. Yeah. 
uh, and see how long it takes everyone to figure out who we're talking about. It's going to be like two weeks, but yeah. um, I think it's going to go awesome that for would, us. That, I'm really excited about it. That would be really good. That I think that we, yeah, I think that we are going to, I think we're going to have to do that. Um, all right. Anyway, that's the Rose Bowl. Fuck it. I don't have any interest in either of these teams. I hope they both lose. Uh, playoff. First matchup here is, of course, TCU, Michigan, Michigan, the two seed, TCU, the three seed, TCU coming in. Having just lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship mm-hmm. game, Michigan coming in, having just beaten Purdue in a game that many are saying was the Big Ten championship game. Hard to know for sure if that's the case. Um, so this this is the it, it, this is considered like nationally the more lopsided of the two, right? Because I, I I'm my view of these games is skewed from, Wait, really, from really, thinking that sorry, Ohio really, State really quick, stinks. But really quick, before yeah, we, I, I want to get I want to get into this game, but before we do that, I just want to ask your opinion on something. Just as we talk about kind of interest in the playoff in general before this, yeah. Would you have <laughs> Would you have cared more about this first round game if we got the Ohio, like for you, the neutral fan? Would you have preferred the Ohio State Michigan rematch so we just got it out of the way, or would you like if it were to happen? Um, would you have? Ha- like, do you think it's better to have Georgia, Ohio State, where everyone assumes Ohio State's going to lose probably correctly, and Michigan, TCU, where everyone correctly assumes that TCU is going to lose? And we have like a complete nothing first round matchups that are boring. Or would you have preferred another Ohio State, Michigan game in the first round and Georgia, TCU? Um, I don't have any reason to believe that Ohio State can beat Michigan, so I don't think that it. Neither do I. Neither do like, I. But I, uh, but I don't think it would. I don't think it would really change anything. And also. Um, I really honestly just would not want to deal with that discourse for an entire month. If those two are going to play, yeah. at least do it like a week later, right? Just just, just give me like a week and a half or two weeks or however long it is between that, you know, the playoff games and the championship game because I, I can't do a month of that discourse. I, I, I've done it enough. I have seen enough of the Ohio State-Michigan discourse. I get it. Um, I don't think it really would have made a, a big difference for me, honestly. I, 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 it would have been talked about more, that game, and TCU-Georgia would have been fucking sucked into a vacuum and no one would have even looked at it. But yeah. I, I, I don't think it would have made a huge difference for me because I think that this field was just flawed. From from the start, they were only going to have yeah. like two teams that were worth anything in this playoff. And it's just how did you you know how you wanted to divide them, but I don't think that there was really a way to get that that compelling of a matchup to be in the first round unless you did Ohio State TCU and Michigan Georgia, which wouldn't have been fair to anybody. Right, right. That does make sense. Okay, fair enough. Cool. That's cool. So, so in previewing this game, let's let's talk about it here. And I, I kind of cut you off as you were starting, but yeah. But just to maybe frame it here, we both agree that Michigan's going to win this game, right? Is that your is that your Take as well. Yes. Yeah. I. I don't think like I, I'm. In, I'm of the same mind in the other playoff game too. Is like I don't think it's impossible to imagine a world where TCU right. gets this working, but overwhelmingly likely, I think that it, it, that you know is that Michigan runs away with this. And I was, I was sure. thinking about it last night, like. This it's not really a system that creates upsets. It's not really the fourteen playoff does not really lend itself to upsets. It certainly doesn't lend itself to teams like TCU. Um, we've seen what like two major upsets in the history of the playoff, and it was you know proven. one of them was in the first ever. Yeah, it playoff, was, it, yeah. and it was proven title contending programs like Ohio State and Alabama. It's not like teams jumping up and getting these huge upsets and going to a national championship game. It's been powerhouses. It's been powerhouses winning these games. Every year, right. like it's it's only it's only ever been them. Like the first playoff was the was was so much more interesting than anything else we've gotten since because it had some new faces. It had these different teams, but it's been chalk since. It's been pretty much the yeah. same. And the reason for the that, and things. we've talked about this before, but but the reason is that month long layoff, right? All the all the best players get healthy. The teams that have more resources to prepare game plans and an army of analysts get to spend that time and money to do so. Yep. And like it's it's just fucking boring. Like it's yeah, when you have a month layoff, 
in for a one game sample size, probably you're gonna get the better team to win every time. Like but when you go through a gauntlet of playoffs like you have in other sports where you have to play different teams, different styles week after week, like you get variation, you get different matchups, it's hard to predict, you don't have less time to prepare. Like it makes you actually it, it makes having an agile and a well-equipped coaching staff that's actually smart. Uh, in the moment and not just on paper important. And I mean, that's why, I mean, we've talked this a million times. I don't need to redo it again, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm looking forward to hopefully a playoff with a shorter layoff yeah. um, going forward. Well, and, and um, just a playoff where teams like TCU can, can make noise, can do something because like, right. This is another thing I was thinking about is like, I think the sport really could use a TCU style team winning, like winning a championship or just getting there or, Winning a playoff game, being competitive at this level, not not as some like oh it needs the Big Twelve to be to be you know contending for championships or oh it needs like Washington to go to the playoff and and win it next year right. or something like that. Think about how much 12, everyone loved like, Boise State, yeah, right? Like, 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 that, like just, that's that's the comparison. Yeah, I think that it just, I think the sport needs something different to happen. I think that we as as people who talk about the sport need something different to happen because you can hear the fatigue as we talk about these games. You can hear that like man, I've seen this before. I've seen this shit before. It's the same thing every year. These matchups are the same. It's the same stuff. And I just I need to I need to know I need I just I need to know that something different can happen. I need to know that it's not just going to be the same thing because I, I can understand the people who who don't want, you know, I can kind of understand the people who don't want a larger playoff. Their their arguments are a little bit strange, but I can, I, I get it. I get that you don't want the sport to change. Um, but like, man, I, I need to know that the four team playoff is viable for producing anything, anything that's not just the same one versus two that would have been anyway. Right. Like I, and I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence yeah. that, that that will happen. But I'm certainly, I was, you know, I'm, I'm certainly pulling for TCU, not as an anti-Michigan thing, but as somebody who loves the sport and wants it to be better. I think that the sport would be better if TCU. To clarify, wins this I game. am doing it as an anti-Michigan. Thing. Okay, but like, like I think, <laughs> I think that the sport kind of needs this. I think it kind of needs a, a usurper to show up and win one of these games. And I, I just. I don't expect it. I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it does at some point. I, I hope that at some point one of these teams is capable of breaking through. It's just so hard to cover that talent gap when the other team has a month to prepare and when you are objectively weaker in the trenches, which is where football's played. It's 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 a line game, and the best teams have the best lines, and that's the way that it is. I think it's going to be kind of right. sort of the same story in the other game, but like... I just don't know that TCU is going to be able to run the ball. I don't think it's going to be able to stop Michigan's rushing attack even a little bit. And that's it. That's the game. That's that's it. Michigan can hold the ball for 35 minutes. TCU's big plays, if it gets one or two of them, still won't be enough to counteract what should be one of the more efficient games of the season for Michigan's rushing attack, which is already one of the best rushing attacks in the nation. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see TCU creating enough big plays I don't see it having the guys beyond Quentin Johnston because I think Michigan can handle pretty much everybody else in this offense I don't think it's gonna be that hard for them to deal with Tay Barber I don't think it's gonna be that hard to deal with Kendra Miller like Michigan's a stronger team I think across the board and it's it's just TCU would need its individuals to have some of the best games of their life to be seriously competitive here and it would also probably need Michigan to come in with a stupid game plan of like throwing the ball 30 times which it's not gonna do Jim Harbaugh is not dumb that's that's true, but but I think also like it's maybe worth asking like Michigan has looked really good against Penn State and Ohio State, right? They crushed those two teams. Mm-hmm. There also were a lot of games this season where teams basically said, "Hey, we're going to man you up outside," and, and like 
you're, we're going to load the box against you basically and bet that J.J. McCarthy can't beat us downfield. That's basically what Ohio State did. And in that game, he hit those throws, right? That worked for them. Yeah. But also against Illinois, it didn't work, right? Like there, there are other games where that, that game plan has worked and limited Michigan's offense. Like they were able to win those games because of talent differential. Yeah. And that's very true. But I, I think that's like, like we talked about, if, there, if you're going to like, plot a way to victory at TCU, right? If you're trying to make it happen, you would say basically that that TCU follows the same defensive game plan that Illinois did, or that, you know, I, I guess like roughly what Maryland or, or, or Iowa tried to do to, to Michigan, which obviously I don't think they have that quality of defense, but, yeah. but essentially it's just, you know, uh, load the box and, and dare JJ McCarthy to beat you. Yeah. And he probably won't do it twice in a season. <laughs> I guess it's, it's, the, it's the rationale. I think that maybe TCU's well, quarters won't. He's done it. Go ahead. Th- this would be, what, four times now? Because he they beat Iowa and Illinois and Ohio State. I know that he was not, like, great in those games, but they won those games. Well, yeah. I mean, against, he did against Penn State and Iowa, though, games. he didn't do anything. Yeah, uh, he, sure. he didn't. I mean, no, I would say not even. I, uh, maybe I'm being – I know I'm a hater here. I, I fully acknowledge that. But, like, yeah. I think in those two – I'm looking at it right now. The Iowa and Penn State games combined, he combined in those two games for 300 yards. Yeah, boy, they, uh, they really beat the shit out of Penn State, didn't they? I'm, I'm remembering those. Yeah. I'm looking at those stats and remembering. <laughs> During the game, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, they just ran. The, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> Iowa sat in Tampa two the whole time, which yeah. actually, you know, Iowa did the opposite game. But I'm talking about. I don't know why I remember that wrong, but yeah. Iowa sat in Tampa two the whole game, basically just let Michigan run, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, regardless, yeah, I mean TCU basically just has to load the box and say, "Hey, we dare you to beat us with your receivers, and we bet you can't do it twice." Yeah. And maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. McCarthy has like Bill Connolly had in his preview had a number there that like uh, basically. The perception of his, like, uh, uh, sorry, the percentage of his balls that should have been interceptions that ended up being interceptions is, like, very low. Uh, like, he's basically been pretty lucky on, on teams actually catching his picks uh, or teams turning defended passes into picks. Yeah. Uh, which, great for Michigan. That's awesome. Happy for them. Uh, <laughs> that's so cool. But, <laughs> you know, like, maybe it, maybe at TCU gets some back, right? Maybe, maybe TCU gets a little luckier. Maybe it goes there while the, the ball bounces their way. Yeah. And conversely, like, Max Duggan is capable of hitting big plays, right? He's a, he's a bit of a flawed quarterback, but he has found a knack for big plays this season. Yeah, Maybe he they, does it again this and, week. And maybe they, maybe it just the luck just shifts in TCU's favor. And I'll, I'll give Sonny Dykes credit as well. I'm not going to give Lincoln Riley's brother any credit because I don't think that he's doing anything. But um, like they have done a very good job of covering up Max Duggan's weaknesses. They have. They've done a really good job of, of making this offense look... I would say a lot more advanced than it actually is of making it look like he's doing more than he actually is. They've made very easy throws for him. That's a good idea. They should do that. There's no reason not to do that if you have a limited quarterback. They've done a good job of maximizing him, and that that is... That is something to think about here is that, like, yeah, they've been able to create big plays in the passing game despite not really having that great of a quarterback, which is, I think, something that Michigan should maybe try to learn from this offseason. Um, and, and that is, like, that's... The path to winning this game for TCU is what? Probably creating two turnovers um, and then not really fucking up on offense, being able to find outside running lanes with with Kendra Miller. They've not been a great outside running team, but I just don't think you can run on the inside against these guys. Um, Having success with counter uh, in, in the ground game and then hitting big plays to guys like Quentin Johnston and and winning on the outside, winning those one-on-one matchups, just having the talent in individual areas where you can go and create some big plays. Um, and, and honestly, kind of just 
doing like basically what Ohio State fans have been saying Ohio State should have done against Michigan, right? And not going away from it, not going away from basically running the air rate, not going away from, from, you know, mesh or shallow cross or Y cross or four vert stuff like that. Just throwing the ball, just airing it out and seeing if Michigan can keep up with you playing away from the strength in the middle of that defense. They've got good second, they've got a good secondary too, but just, just trying to force them to play a game that they're not really accustomed to, right? Um, that would be the path. And I don't think that TCU is going to be able to pull that off, but I don't think it's impossible. I don't think that it's completely impossible to see a world where TCU can can minimize the strengths of this Michigan team enough that they can move the ball. And then defensively, it really does, I think, just come down to can Joe Gillespie create enough chaos that they can get an interception or two or, you know, that they can force JJ out of the pocket and then he fumbles like he loves to do. Um, I don't think it would be, I don't think it's impossible. I just don't think it's likely. I think that, that the far more likely outcome is that Michigan is in, is, you know, living in TCU's backfield and grinding out six yards per carry on the other side of the ball. And that this is over at, you know, early in the third quarter. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably the likeliest outcome as well, right? I think yeah. that's probably what's going to happen here. I think Michigan just isn't going to lose this game. Like, I think I think it may end up being closer than we expect because uh, essentially TCU is willing to load the box and see what happens, and Michigan probably won't convert on those plays again very frequently. But but eventually they will find a way to win, and I think they'll, they'll just sit on TCU, right? Like yeah. it's going to be a game of attrition where they end up winning something like by ten, maybe. I, I guess I think they probably cover. Yeah, um, they, it look. I think it'll probably look a lot like a Michigan game. I think that it will probably. Look yeah, a lot sure, like sure, hundred percent. Yeah, with, with the with the caveat being like, if we are seeing explosives in this game, like on either side, like if basically explosives are happening. And this turns into any kind of track meet. I think TCU is a real chance to win. Yeah. Uh, and if they can get some space against Michigan's corners, then like th- this is winnable. Like I, I, it's both games to me feel obvious that Michigan and Georgia are going to win. Yeah. But there's also I think a clear path to victory with some known flaws of these teams. Yeah. That are exploitable. It's right? funny, like, it's things funny that because the te- like these are kind of, it's kind of the same matchup too. It's like the, sort of the same yes. argument that you would be able to make for both of these games is like well maybe the lines won't be a factor. <laughs> maybe football would be played in a different way than it usually is in these games, which it's like, it sounds like I'm dismissing it. I kind of am, but it's not that it can happen. You can do that. It it's, can happen. Yeah, yeah it, of course. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not impossible. It wouldn't be unprecedented. It's rare. And especially with a month. And like but, the ball has been moved on Michigan. Like, like yeah. Michigan has a very good defense, but like, in that game, Ohio State was moving the ball yeah. fairly well and until like there was a handful of very fucking stupid plays that you could call coaching or execution if you want that came down to it. Like but like yeah. Ohio State in back to back seasons moved the ball at Michigan. Yeah, and, and I'll uh, say I'll say as well the Purdue game, like Purdue kicked a lot of field goals and that, that score was was sort of depressed because of that to twenty two. But like Aiden O'Connell went for three sixty six. Charlie Jones was all over the sure. place. Like it's not unprecedented for a team with a star receiver to pass on these guys. It's not impossible. It's just, right. it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel likely. <laughs> it doesn't feel likely to me. It doesn't feel like a thing that I would expect. It's certainly not the thing that I'm expecting. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think ultimately, I mean, Michigan even, wins. even like, like there have been quite a few teams that have like basically been neck and neck with Michigan on yards. Michigan's just been the more efficient team. Like yeah. I, I think Maryland, like what only had like 60 yards fewer than Michigan during that game. They played them yeah. like, you know, Ohio state was about within about 50 yards of Michigan. Like it's very possible to hang there with it and move the ball. You just have to finish in the red zone consistently. Which and that's is, what Ohio state didn't do, which is also and, easier and, said than done against these guys. I would say fair it, enough, yeah. but TCU is one of the better. If I, as I recall correctly, I can pull up here. Uh, I'll, pull up but i believe that 
uh, TCU is one of the better red zone scoring teams in the country. Yeah, that should be interesting. I think that that'll be that that'll be fun to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, my my opinion on the game remains the same. Uh, I, I, sure, I, think Michigan, I, I agree. I think yeah. Michigan wins somewhere between ten to seventeen points, roughly. I, I, I think it's like a thirty-one to fourteen kind of thing. Um, maybe maybe thirty-one to twenty-one if you like TCU. But I think Michigan kind of sits on them and, and goes to the national championship game to take on the winner of this next game. If you're ready to, uh, if you're ready to talk about the Bucks here as we close out, Tur- turns out I was wrong. By the way, TCU is in fact not good in the red zone. Ah, um, well, hmm. t- which seems like we're maybe going to see the, the exact same game here that we've seen Michigan play all season. Let's uh, see. I'm actually. Uh, wh- where the fuck do they even rank? <laughs> TCU is. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, actually I'm struggling to find them here one second let they, me they might be uh, if you do the control left they might be listed as Texas Christian yeah T- I, found, I found that to no, be I, I got them I got them TCU is currently ranked uh, uh tied for 80th in the country in red zone scoring percentage which is uh as we in the business say not what you want to see mm, <laughs> but no. well uh, hope, you, hope you got big plays let's hope that you can get some big plays TCU um all right I think I think interesting though they they sorry I promise we'll move out here one second yeah. but uh, interestingly enough, I think that they are like well above average in red zone touchdown percentage, but just seem to miss a lot of field goals, which is kind of funny, I guess. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're going Cincinnati mode. Cool. Yeah. That, so that'll that'll be that'll be cool to see. All right. Let's um, talk about the Bucks because we've got a hard deadline here, and I think we're going to get people uh, some information on the Bucks. Everybody loves to hear about the Bucks. Um, so Georgia, Ohio State. I don't think we really need to do a whole lot of setup for this one. You know what the deal is, and I think you probably know what Ohio State's path to victory is here, right? It's it's the it's the big passing play. It's the the uh, the, the the dreamed of scenario among Ohio State fans where Ohio State runs its best plays on offense and spreads the ball around to more than two players um where CJ Stroud is is you know the offense is opened up for him he's able to do the stuff that Justin Fields did in 2020 against Clemson that's pretty much the game plan that Ohio State fans are imagining and hoping for right uh yeah sure I mean it's 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 basically like Ryan Day calls a good play. CJ Stroud doesn't make stupid decisions, and and there was, we actually throw to the good players of the team instead of the bad ones. Like that, yeah. that's the hope for Ohio State is like, you, you know, you do the Madden version of this team where you have an advantage, you just exploit it over and over again because like Georgia's past defense is given up a lot yardage to a lot of teams, right? Like this, yeah. this team can be passed on. Uh, their corners are pretty inconsistent. Um, and it's not quite like the Tennessee game where they're just going to like be able to, I think, man up on Ohio, like man up on high six receivers the way they did to. Uh, the way they did to uh, to Tennessee, right? Where yeah. they basically just said, Jalen Hyatt, we're going to cover you in man, and we bet you, we can press you the line. Yeah. Like, that's not really how precise these receivers are built, I, I guess I would say, uh, or how the passing offense is built. But well, why would you have any confidence? No, I mean, man coverage is what Ohio State looks for. Like, when you have man coverage of Marvin Harrison, he is going to score. Yeah, Ohio State has a lot of belief in the uh, in the, the individual one-on-one matchup winning ability of its receivers for good reason, of its two receivers. Um I would not yeah, the only would, two receivers in the team. Yeah, yeah, I would not say, however, that Ohio State's offense is not built kind of like Tennessee's. That's that's what Tennessee does as well. Tennessee is hunting man matchups and thinks that it has the receivers to do it. Uh, Ohio yes, State's are but, just but Ohio State's are just better than than Tennessee's are. Tennessee gets there in a different way, but th- there's no conflict being created in Ohio State's scheme either. They're all man beater, you know, one on one matchups. That's, sure, that's but, but but uh, but I would also say like Ohio State attacks different areas of the field than Tennessee does. The yeah, game. there's more intermediate to the sidelines passing that Ohio State does than, yeah. than Tennessee does. But it, it is... Which is... It, what, right. Yeah. It, 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 it's, Sorry. A, it's a similar idea. It's just that Ohio State's wide receivers are probably better than Tennessee's, and that would be the argument you can make here. But 
Well, right. Ultimately, I think the and theme... Tennessee is a very all or nothing offense, right? Like, yeah. like if you can disrupt Tennessee's timing on their man beater routes, they're just not going to hit them, which is what happened all day. Basically, Keely Ringo was able to jam Jalen High at the line. Yeah. And Hendon Hooker missed several. It looked like he was missing deep throws. It's because the timing was off. You throw those balls early and throw them deep. Yeah. And basically, they couldn't do that. And I would say that Ohio State, I, I, I should clarify here. I am not trying to rationalize this into Ohio State win. I do not think Ohio State is winning. I think, I think that's very obvious from all of my persona. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot it's easier like, when talking about these games to argue about the case for the upset rather than just to explain what the actual thing that's going to happen is because honestly, yes. there's just not that much to say about it. Georgia's a better football team. We know that. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the argument you could make is that Ohio State is more willing to attack areas of the field where Georgia is weaker. Uh, and I think that's very possible. Um, basically I think Ohio state can move the ball this game. I, they always move the football. I don't really yeah. like, that doesn't mean anything to me though. You know what I mean? Like they, they got 500 yards in, in two, three touchdown losses to Michigan, right? They got it both times. Like, yeah. like moving the ball doesn't matter if you turn the ball over the red zone and don't finish the red zone, which is what they do consistently under Ryan Davis, CJ Stroud. Yeah. Because like, you know, they're going to fall down late and the team's going to get mentally weak and CJ Stroud's going to get frustrated. He's going to use turn away, throw away possession. You know, they're still in the game. He's got a red zone pick and then they're going to lose by like 21 points. That's how they always play these games. Yeah. It's yeah, like, it's not fun to talk about because it's just, it's obvious. It's, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, they're still like, they've learned nothing, right? He's still talking about like proving his haters wrong or whatever in press conferences. Yeah. Uh, He's still, they're still complaining doing, like, about fucking people talking about him online. Brother, just get rid of the phone. Just don't be online. Yeah. It's very <laughs> easy. <laughs> just don't do that. They're still doing Sutter fudge about like, about which running back is going to start for Ohio State. Did like, who just, gives a fuck? Like, did you just say Sutter fudge? What? <laughs> do you mean, sub- isn't that what it's called? Do you mean subterfuge? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> okay, you got me on one, Patrick. You finally got one. Fair enough. That's been that has been your domain of saying words wrong for years. So I'm, I'm happy you got one. I'm, I'm very proud for you. They've been doing summer fudge. Okay. All right. Continue. <laughs> uh, God damn it. That one's going to be. I'm going to be on boards a lot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Anyway, I, I gotta listen to more spy novels on audiobooks. I know how to say that word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, they're still doing like they're still hiding which running back they're gonna start. Like it's a big mystery between fucking a true freshman three star, uh, converted linebacker, and uh, an injured Mayan Williams. Yeah. Like, anyone, yeah. like Georgia fucking cares. Uh, the whole thing's a joke, right? Like I, I don't know. Like could Ohio State show up and play its best game of the season? Uh, and, and they execute all the things they've done in different pieces throughout the season, but haven't done for basically the last six games. Yeah, I guess like that, that's if they do that, they could win for sure. It is possible that if Ohio State plays its best game of the season, puts all its pieces together, they could win this game. Yeah. Do any of us think that Ryan Day in this situation is going to answer the bell like that and do that? I, I think no. I think yeah. he will not. Yeah, the the thing that I would argue against Ohio State here, which there's plenty of things I would argue against Ohio State here, but the main thing that, that for me I have not seen uh, talked about as much, especially in Ohio State circles, maybe because it's uh, grim to think about and it's, it's, it's bleak and it's not really the time for that right now for Ohio State. For some people it is. Um, but like the thing that I would go back to and the thing that I keep going back to is like, I understand the idea of, oh, well, Georgia hasn't seen a receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr. It hasn't. He's a very, very good player. He's a, he's an extremely talented receiver. I think that he's one of the best players in college football, objectively. C.J. Stroud, very good quarterback. He is. This passing attack, at its best, is very, very difficult to defend. But Ohio State has two players 
Ohio State has two wide receivers. That's it. That's the only guys they throw to. Julian Fleming is not scaring you. Cade Stover is not scaring you. National guys can fucking parachute in and look at his stats and say that he's versatile. He's not. He sucks. He can't catch the ball. He's slow. He can't block. He sucks. He's a shitty football player. You don't need to worry about him. You can guard him with a linebacker. Uh, Georgia has athletes that can easily, easily dismiss Cade Stover. They have guys who can easily handle Julian Fleming. They know Ohio State's not going to throw to the, to the, you know, anybody coming out of the backfield. The the number five receiver on this team is a walk-on or a former walk-on. Like, it's just, there's just not that much here. And so I think that the, the thing that Ohio State's going to run into and the thing that we talked about earlier is that Georgia, Kirby Smart specifically, has had a month to prepare for two receivers. They're they're not going to struggle with that. It's not going to be single guys dealing with them. The Georgia Georgia's coverage schemes are very 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 well designed. They're very layered. They have a lot of rotation stuff. They have a lot of really elegant, really cool pass coverage design within this defense that they've done on a week's notice against teams like Tennessee. That they've done with you know six game, with six days of prep, they've had a month to figure out how to deal with two wide receivers. I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem for this secondary. I think they can probably figure it out because it's not like Ohio State's going to spread the ball around. They've got two guys. They're going to throw to those two guys. That's what they've done all season. They're probably going to try and do a throwback screen at some point to Cade Stover because that feels like Ryan Day's big, you know. Oh, this is my magnum opus is that I'm <laughs> I'm going to throw a fucking I'm going to throw a throwback screen to Cade Stover. Like that's that's what he likes to do. But it's not he doesn't have anything else. There's no other creativity within this offense. You don't need to worry right. about this rushing attack because you have infinitely better players in the front seven that Ohio State has on its offensive line. Infinitely better. The The defensive line at Georgia is is playing a different sport than Ohio State's offensive line is. You don't have to worry about it. You can bracket both these fucking receivers if you, if you want. There's nobody else threatening you. I just don't think Georgia's going to have a problem with it. I think they'll probably just force C.J. Stroud into interceptions. I don't think it's going to be a big deal for them. I don't think he can read a defense that well. I don't think this offense really... Yeah, the, I don't think it, I don't just, think it requires quarterbacks to do that. It hasn't all season. Why would he be ready for this? They haven't seen anything like this from this Georgia defense. Right. And, and also, like... There's just no confidence they're going to answer the things Georgia's capable of doing, right? They're just going to run out the same Ohio State offense they always do. Like there, there's never a different offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, like they have never cooked up special play. Like one of our posters pointed this out in the Western Sport this week, but like you can count on like one hand the number of times you see like a special wrinkle in the passing game. Ryan Day pulled off for a big play that's actually worked. It's yeah. like it's three times in his like in his uh, two years as coordinator, four years as head coach. You can count on there's three times that, that yeah. like a play he drew up as a special one actually worked out as something yeah. special. Well, and let, it, let's real quick as well. Let me let me really I I really want to get rid of the idea that Ohio State could just try and repeat the the 2020 Clemson game. I want to tell you specifically why that's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. No chance. So yes. one, um, the the sugar huddles. That's nothing. That's not going to do anything against Georgia. Georgia has seen sugar <laughs> huddles. That's not going to be like oh Kirby Smart doesn't know what to do about that. He'll be fine. Two. The thing that actually worked for Ohio State in that game schematically, the thing that changed that game was formation and boundary. It was putting trips in the boundary. It was it was loading up the, the short side of the field and taking advantage of Clemson's poor route distribution, taking advantage of Clemson not knowing what to do with that. Georgia has the best fucking route distribution I've ever seen in college football. They handle bunch extremely well. They're incredibly good at hand, handling things like that. It's just not going to happen, man. It's just not going to happen. And also, even if you take away all of that, even if you assume they find some spatic advantage in Georgia no one else has all season, 
Like they beat Clemson because they had slower, shittier athletes. The field. They had yeah. a, they had like former walk-ons and three stars playing because they didn't recruit like an elite level the way Ohio State and Georgia do. Yeah, and Georgia has better athletes than Ohio State does. Yes, simply Sig- put, like they, just- they recruit the same level of athletes, and Georgia develops them physically better. Yeah, so they only will they like they will be at a schematic disadvantage. They will be an athletic disadvantage. They are not. This is not going to be twenty twenty Clemson. It's not no. happening. No. The, the, the... <sighs> I, I think there's less of a path here than I think in the other game, if I'm being honest, because I don't think I, I yeah, don't going to lose. Yeah, it's, I, it's very obvious. I don't think that that people with optimism about Ohio State here, serious optimism, have taken to heart the things that you and I have been saying about Ohio State's strength and conditioning or Georgia's strength and conditioning. For as bad as Ohio State's is relative to its talent level, Georgia's is that much better than everybody else. Georgia is developing players at an unbelievable clip. The way that they have that they have trained these athletes up, the uh, the stuff that they're doing is is cutting edge. They are innovating. It's Georgia. Georgia's the one who is at the at the at the peak here. Who is who is doing these, you know, the, these things that nobody else is doing. Who is getting on these things first? They are they are the standard for strength and conditioning. Their athletes are unlike those that you will see anywhere else in college football. The guys that they have defensively are they're incredibly rare players incredibly rare athletes and they have them at basically every position i don't think ohio state can handle what georgia has in the front seven as as physically moving them i don't think it's going to happen this is a level of athlete and we saw michigan run into this last year it's just you just you're not doing the same thing that georgia is you're not ohio state's not doing what georgia's doing and it, it's ultimately, no matter what you want to draw up offensively, no matter what you know, fucking napkin play Ryan Day wants to come up with, it's, it's going to break the Georgia defense. You still have to block them, and Ohio State's not going to. Nobody has. Right. In a game that matters over the last however many years now, nobody has blocked Georgia, and Ohio State is not any different. Ohio State's athletes yeah. are not superior. This is not 2014 where Ohio State is, is going to punch Alabama in the mouth because Alabama's slow. Georgia's not fucking slow. They're just as big as Alabama was, and they're not slow. I, yep. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's it's, it's 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 blind faith against knowing what you're talking about. We know what we're talking about here. Georgia is better. It's better in every way. It just yeah, is. I, I think I think all of the cases for optimism for Ohio State that has popped up in the fan base. And I, I don't blame people for doing that too. It's like you look, gotta do something. I, I <laughs> I understand I'm a fairly miserable sports fan. Not everyone else has to be. That's okay. I, I don't I don't take it out on you if you're finding yourself talking way into this game, you some, you know, niggling hope of optimism or whatever. That's okay. You can do that. But but all the cases for optimism for Ohio State revolve around just thinking about Ohio State's team. Like what yeah. happens if they max yeah, Georgia's they fucking well. good, guys. They're really good. Yeah, Georgia's <laughs> also on the field. Like that's the the, the part everyone's forgetting is like, hey, Georgia's gonna play too. And they might be the, I mean, not they might be, they are the best team in America, right? Yeah. Like they are a better version of what you already saw against Michigan with better athletes, more five stars, more four stars and better coaching. Like yeah. they are just a better version of everything that Michigan does. Yeah. Hey, do you, and, do, you, do you guys remember the running back passes that Ohio State had a lot of issue with against Michigan? Georgia does that. Georgia has a lot of those to Kenny McIntosh. They do a really sure. good job of it. They have three different running backs who are really good. They have fucking tight ends who Ohio State has never seen before. Tommy Eichenberg cannot do two things at once. He can't stuff the run and cover right. Brock Bowers. They only have one of him. That's, that's and you're it. relying on your safeties who have basically shit the bed in every major game. Yeah, like like, like safety. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not gonna, if 
if Ohio State wins, this is what I said on our, our, our Ohio State podcast, which is uh, High Street Freaks. Go listen if you don't. Yeah, uh, We talked about it on there as well. DJ and Kevin both picked Ohio State to win, which is just disgusting behavior. Uh, but I, I, I held on the floor. Don't worry. Uh, is that if Ohio State miraculously gets some defensive touchdown, they can win this game. Like if they get a weird score like that, yeah. where they force a turnover and score off it, they can win. Sure. But like, is that worth predicting? Like, do you have any reason to think Ohio State's going to do that against this offense? No, no, I don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. I think Georgia's going to take care of the football and realize they have an advantage against Ohio State because Ohio State will fold mentally if it gets tight and just keep it tight for as long as possible. Like they they won't try to press or get nervous or push for a big play because they don't need it. Yeah. They can just hang in there with you and keep punching with you and play conservative. And they know that Ohio State will break because that's what Ohio State does mentally. Yeah. I, I just like that. Ohio State is not it does not match up physically with Georgia. It doesn't. It just does not match up physically and there's not a reason to think that Ohio State could have a a, a schematic advantage great enough to make up for that. That's what it comes down to. It's not it's it's not a feelings thing. It's not an oh, well I think Ohio State is is you know, they're they're upset, they're pissed off, they're ready to go prove it. Ohio State's a worse team. I don't care if they're ready to go prove it. They're worse. They're not as good. Yeah. Even if they're at their best, they're still worse than Georgia. They just are. They're not as yeah, good. You have to hope for a bad day from Georgia. Uh, you have to hope for a bad day from Georgia and a huge day from Ohio State. And, Ohio, and, and Georgia's State. and Georgia's capacity for being bad, like the the bad version of Georgia, is so much is so much lower. Like it's 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 they're so efficient offensively that a bad day is still pretty good. Like it's it's yep. Bad Georgia at it. Georgia at its worst is still capable of beating Ohio State. It just is. It's a better program. It's a better program. It's not Urban Meyer anymore. You guys are not on this level, Ohio State fans. You're not on this level. Not not right now. You're not. We've seen. And the it thing is, like, as, like, they could be so fast. They could be like a yeah, bigger shape coaches overnight. Yeah, easily. Yeah. It, it is. It is. <laughs> it, it, it's a strength and conditioning thing. It could be changed in one off season. It's. It's a. It's a. It's a. A, a lack of willingness to accept what they are, and it could change in one off season. It could change in one coaching hire, bringing in a new staff. That's it. It's it simple. Just but, it just but won't. It's yeah. not going to happen in a month of bowl prep. They didn't make any changes. There's nothing that changed. There's nothing different about this team that would change its fundamental flaw which is that Ryan Day is its head coach and Mickey Marotti is the strength and conditioning coach. That's the problem. Yep. There's your issue. You could you get, you didn't fix it over yeah. the month. You didn't fire either of these guys. They're still there. It's still your problem. That's it. Yep, and it will be next year too. So that's going to be an awesome season for us to talk about. I can't wait for another year. I, I guess like here, here's what... Obviously, I am hoping for an Ohio State win. That is, that is, I'm an Ohio State fan. I want Ohio State to win this game. Mm-hmm. I, if I need to say that, I, I don't think I need to. Yeah. If Ohio State were to lose this game, if we assume that it's going to happen, I would much prefer they get blown out than they lose close. I want there to be no mistaking what Ryan Day is, what he does, how his program works. Yeah. If you're going to lose this game, get your shit kicked in. So at least the next year is a, a foregone conclusion. You're going to get fired. Yeah. Like, just don't look comp- – I mean, my God, don't lose this game like you lost 2019 Clemson or something like that. I can't deal with that. Yeah. I can't deal with that shit. Uh, that's that is just, that is a much worse outcome for pretty much everybody is a close loss. That would be just just awful, awful offseason. There are there are two outcomes in this game. Sorry for this playoff in general that would be terrible for me. Yeah, uh, which is, I guess there's yeah there, there's two. Which is one you lose close to Georgia in a way that makes people think you're impressive. Two, 
you beat Georgia and lose the national title game to either Michigan or TCU. Yeah. That is that is the those are the two worst case scenarios. Everything else, whatever, it's it's bound to happen. Yeah. Like, but I'm so fucking tired of this guy, dude. I I just I, I don't have fun talking about Ohio State football anymore. I'll I'll still do it, obviously, because I'm a pervert, but you know, it's not fun for me at this point. Yeah. He's just, he's a miserable piece of shit. Uh, I, I can't wait to get him caught from this program. I can't wait to be done with the stupid little press conferences and, um, su- you know, subterfuge or whatever and, and, yeah. and all that and just yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm uh, sure, I'm sure you've already given a score prediction on high street freaks, but I'm going to give one here. I have it Georgia 45, Ohio state 21. I don't think it's going to be close. I had it, I think 38, 20, yeah. uh, Georgia, so same, about, same, same idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Georgia's offense is a little more. I think you're giving them probably too much credit on offense. I think they still are. are they're still that a top looking offense. I, 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 will, they, they I will be any... clear. That is not me giving Georgia's offense credit. That is me thinking that Ohio State does not have <laughs> anything going on defensively. Ohio State's Ohio State's defense did they, they underperformed against against Maryland and Michigan for certain, but they were mostly very good this season. Yeah, I, I, they were a top ten defense in college football. I like, think I, that, I'm not going to share them too much. I think that Georgia's coaching staff is going to sit down and watch what Jim Knowles is doing, and I think that they're going to laugh. I think that that's probably what happened. I think that they're going to look at what Ohio State is doing physically, Ugh. defensively, and they are going to, uh, or they already did, just sort of cackle about the idea of Ohio State trying to defend what Georgia did because they could just run the ball for four quarters. It doesn't matter. They can run the ball right up the middle, and Ohio State, you're going to stop it with Teron Vincent. That's your plan. You think Teron Vincent's going to stop it? Yeah, He's I guess gonna... we'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I, think Georgia, I think Georgia can name its score here. I think they'll be respectful because Kirby Smart generally has done that, but I, I think Georgia can can pick whatever it wants here. Well, we'll see. I guess I'm looking forward to ruining my New Year's Eve by watching that. Yep. Uh, Patrick, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? What are you, what are you doing? Uh, I'm covering uh, Utah State men's basketball and then a women's basketball game, and then I'm going to go home and probably watch the second half of Ohio State losing to Georgia. That's my big plan for New Year's Eve. We're all very excited about it. That sounds great, dude. I hope you enjoy that. Yep, me uh, too. I also hope I enjoy it. It will be interesting to see if I do. <laughs> um, we're going to get out of here. Ryan's going to get a haircut. Uh, so we, uh, we're. I don't know actually what you're doing. I think you're getting a haircut, right? That was the plan. I'm getting a beard trim. I'm getting a beard trim. Yeah, okay. I don't have any hair. I, I had a, like when I was saying it, I, I thought to myself, I was like, wait a second, Ryan doesn't have any hair. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good. That's a that's an excuse you tell a girl to get out of a date that you don't like. You're yeah. like, yeah, like you know what I mean. I got I go get a haircut. Yeah. Sorry, I'm busy. Oh, uh, I'm actually I'm actually gonna be sick that night. Sorry, <laughs> I was planning on throwing up a lot that evening, so I won't be able to attend. All right, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I don't usually do that, but I guess thank you guys for listening. We'll be back talking about these games again uh, after they have gone exactly as we said they would. Uh, we will see you guys uh, on the premium show, I guess, if you're a subscriber. And if not, fuck you. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.